0: Each year, the Delaware State Chamber of Commerce spotlights small businesses who make big contributions in our state. The Superstars in Business Award honors businesses and nonprofits for their outstanding achievements and model approaches to business and management. And we're here today with two past award winners. Marie Holiday is the Managing Director of Cover & Rossiter and Brian DeSabatino is President and CEO of EDIS Company. We're going to talk about leadership, and learn from their journeys as they have not only led their small businesses to success, but also led by example in their communities. Welcome to Conversations with Kelly. I'm Kelly Basil with the Delaware State Chamber of Commerce, and today we're going to talk about leadership. Brian, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself, tell us what you do.
1: Great, thanks so much. I, uh, I'm Brian DiSabatino. I get the good fortune of being the CEO of EDIS Company. EDIS is a fifth-generation construction company. We're about 115 years old here in uh in Delaware, and we serve the Delaware market, southeastern Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. We have 80 professionals, and we do uh, between 150 and 200 million dollars worth of work here in the area. Awesome.
0: Marie?
2: I'm Marie Holliday. I'm the managing director at Cover and Rossiter, which is a CPA and advisory tax and audit firm in Wilmington, Delaware. We've been around not as long as e- EDIS, but a little over 80 years. Um, And we work with businesses and individuals and trusts in the tri-state area, but we also have clients nationally as well.
0: Great. Thank you again for being here. Before we take a deep dive into the topic, we have a quick message from our sponsor. The Conversations with Kelly podcast is powered by Easter Seals Delaware and Maryland's Eastern Shore, and they're marking a huge milestone, their 75th anniversary. Easter Seals is celebrating 75 years of creating an inclusive community. 75 years of first steps for children, independence for adults with disabilities, and support for seniors and their families. Easter Seals is celebrating 75 years of a legacy, ensuring a future where everyone is 100% included and 100% empowered. And they're just getting started. Happy anniversary to Easter Seals, Delaware, and Maryland's Eastern Shore. To learn more or donate, visit de.easterseals.com. That's de.easterseals.com. Welcome back. All right, let's get into it. So I didn't even realize this when we first asked you both to be on this particular episode. Um, well, we did know that you're both superstar and business winners, but what I didn't know um, is that the two of you are two-time winners. Um, there are only three companies since the program's existence in 1998 that have won the award twice, and we have Cover and Raster and EDIS is two of them. So Really cool.
1: Congratulations to you. double yeah.
0: Superstars. <laughs> and so just to kind of explain quickly for our viewers what Superstars in Business is, um, it's a small business awards program that the State Chamber of Commerce has. And what we do is celebrate the amazing contributions to our community and our economy that small businesses contribute in the state. So we try to celebrate best practices, um, community involvement, good leadership, Um you know, lifting up employees, all of that good work. And you two are perfect examples of that. Um, So we asked you to hear today because we want to talk about your leadership. Um, You didn't just win the award for being a great company. It also has to do with your leadership style and being that steward of the the mission and the vision of your organizations. So Marie, we'll start with you. Can you just tell me about your leadership style and, and how you put that into practice at Cover and Rossiter?
2: Um, I would say I'm more like I'm a transformational leadership style, but also visionary Um, because of my role in the organization. I'm trying to grow future leaders of our organization. So oftentimes we have a lot of young staff accountants that are coming in, don't know much about the industry. um, And so I'm encouraging them to as a transformational leader. I feel like I'm encouraging them to develop their skills as Mm -hmm. much as they can. So I'm encouraging them to take the CPA exam because that's kind of a critical thing in our industry um, to be the, get that certification. And then as they pass that, you know, start developing them as future leaders of the organization. We've done um, transformational leadership development programs with them. Some of our staff has gone to the AICPA Leadership Academy. So we're constantly trying to develop skills. Um, I would say also visionary because I feel like the – industry is changing so much. You know, when I first Mm -hmm. got in the industry, there wasn't a lot of computers. I hate to say that, but I'm a lot older than you. Um, But, you know, (laughs) like the, the, you know, it used to be you have green ledger paper writing stuff in everything's computerized Mm -hmm. now. And so people may think that it takes less time, but now you can focus on more advisory focused type of work. And so I'm always trying to challenge my team to use their technology the best way that they can and Mm -hmm. push them to kind of do that. So that's why I say with the visionary, you kind of have to look into the future and figure out what direction is your company going or your industry going. So I would say those are my two top leadership styles.
0: Brian, what about you?
1: I, lo- I loved hearing about the the changes in in technology. I mean, we have the the same thing going. I remember uh, when I joined the firm some thirty five years ago, sitting with my dad, and and he he was ahead of his time. He had this thing. He opened up a box, and inside was like this floppy disk. And uh, in, in case you don't know what a floppy disk is, you're going to have to look it up on Google.
0: I found but one of them in our office. Did
1: one time. you really in the I didn't archives? Know what to do with it? <laughs> Hilarious! Well, they served cheese on it. It's oh. a good charcuterie board. <laughs> and so he had this floppy disk, and it had this this program called Lotus One Two Three. And he wanted me to show him how to use it because he was he was just fixated that you could add and or subtract on a computer, mm. and you didn't have to send it out to be done. And I, I think that's emblematic both of our industries, a lot has changed. So I'd say for me, uh, I love that 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 sort of uh, the energy uh, behind all of that transformational, the word that you use, that transformational change that takes place in an industry. And I love the opportunity in a leadership position to look out two or three or four steps to see where an organization could be or, or should be going. I think there's a lot of energy out there on the edge. So I say, I think if you, if you ask me what you did, my, my leadership style, it's slightly visionary. It's, uh, it's to, to have the opportunity to have great people underneath you, to give you, uh, uh, a little bit of time to take a look over the horizon, to see how the marketplace, whether it's technology or the customer base or changes in the, in the external environment, how all of those things are happening three, four steps down the mm-hmm. road. So I think my style is to to look out out there and then communicate that back and help lead the organization towards it.
0: I also think a big thing um, in your top roles in the company is you have to kind of be that why person and make sure all of your employees understand the why, yeah. what they're coming in for every day and why they're doing it. Um, how, do you, how do you get that message across to your employees? Wow.
2: I would say it's really hard right now. I think COVID's kind of changed the the whole process of being a leader because, you know, sometimes people don't understand the why. They see their little piece of the pie, but not the whole environment. Mm-hmm. And so that's always hard to communicate that. Um, and so it's hard to always figure out the why. And you hope that, you know, by modeling, you know, different things and putting teams together, they can understand all the pieces that fit into that puzzle. Mm
1: -hmm. The folks I work with are going to think that you like set that question up because we're literally (laughs) just coming out of a meeting on this, on this topic. For us, it's, it's super important because, uh, I don't believe you can really execute a strategy for an organization, no matter how big or small, unless everybody knows why. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, as, as managers, not leaders, you're really working on how or what. But as a leader, you need to move to, towards your, your question about why. And so often organizations work on the why of the company, the corporation, the mission statement, and all that, the why. But if you can't connect the why of the organization to the why of the person, mm. you'll never get to the what or the how. Mm-hmm. So the why is essential in, in everything that we do. So for us, we try to figure out, what, what is that why? How do we distill it? And for us, it, it came down to the word legacy. Like, we have a long legacy, but we don't want to look backwards. We want to look forward. What's the kind of legacy that we want to leave? Now that we've got a 115-year track record, how do we translate that and help people understand that they can leave a legacy, too? You know, your, your legacy, you know, we, we've we got a wonderful woman at the front desk. Her name is Wendy. Wendy. And, and Wendy's legacy is every single day, she just brightens everybody's day. I mean, she gets to go home at night knowing that when she turns the lights out and looks behind her, the legacy that she left that day was making the place a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get the Wendy's of, of our organization to understand that they have a role, then the, the strategy just sort, of, just sort of takes care of itself.
0: It, what you're saying is, you know, you're getting everyone to kind of believe in the cause and then they feel a part of it and, and you know, invested in it. Yeah. I have to give a kudos actually. Brian, to your social media, whoever does your social media, um, you have great social media in that you're always celebrating your employees' milestones, their birthdays, their work anniversaries, welcome this person to our team. And it, it feels like I'm a part of EDIS when I go onto their Twitter.
1: Um, oh, you're very kind. It's, it's Thank really you.
0: good. And Thank I can, you. you can see that you care about your people.
1: I'll tell Nick that you said that because Nick, is uh, running on social media <laughs> and, uh, and it'll take great, great pride in that. Because he takes great pride in in our people. For us, and I know at COVID and Rossiter, it's, it's 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 the same thing that the people are central to everything that we do. I mean, mm-hmm. we build buildings. That's great. I mean, we certainly build great buildings. But we we've come to come come to understand the philosophy that we build buildings for people through people. Buildings are the byproduct. But if you don't get the people piece right, the buildings the buildings you're always going to have a problem, mm-hmm. right? So you got to get the people piece right and authentically. And for us, if we can nail the culture, that why question and why we work with each other and how we work with each other, the the buildings will take care of themselves. The strategy of the organization will take care of itself. But the, the people piece, my grandfather used to say, you're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. Yep. For, for me, it was a social commentary. It was more like, make sure you hang out with nice people, right? <laughs> but I think when he looked at the organization, he, he also knew that in business or in his trade, he was a stonemason, you literally had to surround yourself with good people or the stone that you were going to set wouldn't be set right.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: powerful. Yeah.
2: What about you, Marie? I think the people are critical. I mean, in this economy that we're in, it's really hard to get good people mm-hmm. yeah. that, want, that believe in the mission. That see the vision that you see for them or for the company as a whole. And every single person makes a contribution. It doesn't matter how small it's whether you, you know, mention your front desk person, we have, still have a receptionist because I think that's so important. That person who first comes in the door, who answers the phone, that's a critical function. Mm-hmm. Um, every single person in the company, you know, I try to go around all the time and ask them a little bit about themselves so they know I care about them. So I think most people in my office would say, oh, I know some little thing about them. That's interesting. Although sometimes they surprise me and give me a little zinger and I'm like, I didn't know that about you. you never told me that. <laughs> so I feel like you want to make them feel like you're part of your family. And I think that's what you're saying. in yes, yeah. you're trying yeah. to
0: do. Definitely. Now we just talked about kind of your leadership styles internally, but you're also community leaders. You do a lot of work through volunteerism, sitting on boards. Um, Marie, I know you're about to be next year. our, Delaware State Chamber Board Chair, which is very exciting. And, you know, Brian, you just stepped into the role at the Delaware Business Roundtable as their chair. Um, tell me a little bit about your passions with giving back to the community.
2: I've Ever since I was young in my adult life, I've been volunteering. So it started really young, whether it was at church at the you know, something for the athletic association poker night, I think it was at Holy Angels, <laughs> you know, or my kids swimming events. I was always doing something and volunteering. And then, you know, it kind of got started. It was more a personal nature at the mm-hmm. beginning. I felt like I was doing things that my kids were involved. And then as I got, you know, uh, developed as a leader in the community and my business, I started Branching out. And, you know, one of the reasons I got involved in the chamber was superstars in business. Yep. I think I came to you guys and I said, Hey, I really loved being in this program. Is there anything I could do to help out? And you're like, hey, Marie, we'd like you on the committee. You get to select the applications, you know, and look and at she the was application. A superstar committee member, and then we
0: put you on the board.
2: Right? <laughs> but you know, I felt like I had to give back a little bit because, you know, I was so honored to be a recipient twice that I felt like I needed to give back to the organization. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like what I give to the organization, I get back tenfold. Mm. So, you know, even though it takes a little bit of time, you know, being the treasurer at one point and the board share incoming, um, it's been worth it because I've learned so much and I've met so many people in the community. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've been on a lot of nonprofit. Uh, boards as well because everybody wants a treasure Um, and it seems (laughs) like that's the common thing and so but each of them I've kind of had a passion some Mm -hmm. of them are early education some of them are you know some college things that I'm involved in rotary is a big passion of mine Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm always trying to get involved in something where I feel like I can make a difference
1: right yeah yeah, I, I, that's very inspirational. I, I love watching what you and, and your firm do. And I love the fact that we chose today the site to be here at the Easter Seals. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, how emblematic, you know, a, a couple of uh mentors in, in my life are Skip Pinella and Ernie Dianastasis, you know, two really passionate people about the Easter Seals. And whether, you know, Marie, your work or Ernie and and Skip, their work, you know, for me it's it's really been following the mentorship of people that have really understood stood the idea of community service because I have to say I was a late bloomer. You know, I don't know as a as a child or a teenager or an early 20-year-old I I really was that steeped in community service. Mm -hmm. You know, our our family had the benefit of of benefiting from from the community. Um, We we came here as non-English speaking for two generations. And really it wasn't until you know my dad's generation, the third generation of our family, where we started to go to post-secondary education. And whether it was the military or trade school or college or university, um, it was in that that third generation that we started to to build up a, a different level of education. But until then... We were the direct beneficiaries of places like the West End Neighborhood House, mm. where they taught us to learn English and they taught us to cook in an American style. And they taught us how to sew clothes and, and all of the other great arts that, that we had to learn. But when I came to work at the chamber, there was a, uh, a president by the name of Bill Wire, And Bill um, grabbed me right away quick, and he, he threw me into an organization called Read Aloud Delaware. And, um, and and all of a sudden, I realized that there were people in our community that that didn't have the same privileges that I had. They, they weren't they weren't going that far in school. and their families weren't steeped with parents that that had the time to invest in the kids. and, and all of a sudden, I, I found myself raising money. And uh, a, a wonderful woman by the name of Dolores Alfano taught me how to bang on doors and send <laughs> letters and, and raise money. and and the next thing you know, I, I got a, a really great shot at St. Francis Hospital, and now I'm at the Grand Opera House, and i do doing work at, in, in vet, with veteran suicide. Mm-hmm. And all the while, I'd like to tell you that I gave back, but at every step of the way, I was the beneficiary of watching amazing works of Read Aloud Delaware and just being in awe of the work that they still continue to do to contribute you know, the, the Easter Seals, I, I get to see what they're doing. The Grand Opera House, I get to watch the, the magic that they work, not just in selling commercial tickets, but in, in reaching communities that that had over time felt disinvested. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think Marie would agree. Like, you go into this, you know, going to serve as treasure. You come out of it just absolutely inspired to do it again.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't know that you were involved with Read Aloud. Um, I just joined their board, and I'm loving it. Oh, a Phenomenal organization. So yeah. that's pretty cool.
1: Congratulations!
0: Thanks. Um, but so okay, you're so involved in the community. Does that example that you're setting kind of go into the the people in your company? Do you do you encourage it, or do they just kind of see you doing this and want to do it too?
2: I would say in in my case, yes. But we have a pretty heavy nonprofit audit practice as well. Mm. And so we're already kind of you know, going to their events and supporting those organizations. But my team at, at, at my office, they do a great job. Every year we're doing stuff. We helped Helena with uh, uh, getting a board member for her new yes. organization. We do a lot. I used to be on the board of Newark Day Nursery. Um, and so every year we've from, oh gosh, 20 some years, we've sponsored families, whether it was at that organiza- organization or another organization, we've done Christmas presents. And we'll sponsor like four four or five families mm-hmm. and you know, we don't, we don't have the yeah. luxury of having 150 people, but you know, we have about 40 um, and we all contribute. We wrap the presents, we donate, we do cloth uh, jackets for young children. I was on the board of New um, New Direction, Early Head Start. And so that's like for under two, under age two children. And we get winter coats for them every year. So, you know, my, my team's buying coats. We're doing the food bank. I mean, it's nonstop all mm-hmm. year long. We're doing stuff for organizations that need help. And so it does feel good because, you know, I was very lucky. My parents, they didn't graduate from college either, but I feel like they put me in places where I learned about philanthropy mm-hmm. and how to help other people. I went to St. Mark's, a great high school, and I learned that. I started my volunteering when I was there. It was all about giving back and mm-hmm. teaching you what you need to do in the community. And it, it, not that I do it because I want to feel good about it. I just do it because I think that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. You should help other people when you have the ability to do so.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, I get inspired by the the people that I I get a chance to work with uh, at EDIS because. Uh, I, I don't think it has anything to do with us as a corporation. I, I think they're no, I actually know they're they're out there doing it because they're good people. and i I, I, I suspect that um we've found each other as employer and an employee because we both sh- share the same set of values. I, mm-hmm. I love looking as an, an example of folks in our organization that are involved in the first responder community. you know mm-hmm. we've got folks that are involved in and fire and paramedics and we have uh, quite a few people uh, who were either uh, veterans of the military or are still uh, active in the military or in either the reserves uh, or the guard. Mm-hmm. And so just watching the selflessness of other people, uh, and I think Marie would agree, it just it's inspiring and it, it, it makes you double down to do a little bit more.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's great. I want to go back to superstars in business a little bit. I mentioned you're both two-time winners. Um, What led you to apply for the award? Oh, I
2: was involved the first time, but not to the same degree as the second time. So I'll focus on the second time. I felt like at that point we had made some significant changes in leadership at our organization and we moved our office to a much nicer location and we got a new logo and it all felt like it was the time was right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the process the first time was so exciting winning the first time. And, you know, I was like, you know what, we did some really good things and it'd be nice to be recognized for that. So, I mean, it's extensive. It's not an easy process. You've got an application that you need to fill out. you got a lot of questions you need to answer, but it kind of affirms To I think our team that we had done something good, Mm -hmm. and so getting you know getting not uh, winning the award was super exciting. I was we brought our like quite a few people on our team to the dinner or the luncheon, and it just was. It's really nice to see the people in the small business community get recognized.
0: Definitely, and I think Marie, you're the one that's said this before, but the, the process of applying for the Superstars Award. It's almost like a a self audit and you really get to take a step back and look at the things that you're doing really well and maybe the things that you need to work on. Um, And you know, once it's all put together on paper, you're like, wow, yeah, we're doing a great job. Right. I do. I think, you know, you ask, what did you do? Right.
2: What did you do wrong? It asks you about how did, what did you do that didn't work out? And so you really assess, you know, the decisions that the team has made mm-hmm. and what's worked out for them. And I mean I just think it just it's kind of inspirational to your team when you're done. Yeah. And someone else recognizes, hey, you guys did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And so it's I think it was it's a fantastic opportunity. I highly encourage any small business or nonprofit to do it, um, because I do think it helps you. It's not just the award; it's what you get out of it mm-hmm. at the end. It's like you can really um, look at your process and say, you know, maybe I need to work on something else.
0: Mm-hmm. Brian,
1: what about yeah, you? I, I, well, first and foremost, we're we're honored to have even been nominated or asked to submit, and and then to be a two time winner is is pretty special. For what for us, what what the award symbolizes. Um, is we're part of a community of other businesses. And when you look around that room and consider the makeup of all of the different small businesses that are part of the chamber, it's kind of awe-inspiring. And I I really salute the chamber for doing the award in the first place and, and hats off to the Gilman family Mm -hmm. for taking a leadership position in it. And, uh, and I know Marvin Gilman is, is smiling down on all of us because you know the in in a chamber it's normal for the big businesses of the of the community to get get some spotlight and we've got great big businesses but when you look at what the engine of this economic community looks like it's the shopkeeper it's the contractor it's you know it's the painter it's the drywall person and so it's 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 great stuff
0: And I I don't know the exact number, but I know that the majority of people employed in Delaware do work for a small business. So recognizing the majority of Delawareans is important. Um, You're right. Big business contributes a lot um, to the community, but so does small business. And so it's really nice to have this like moment once a year where we really kind of put that spotlight on it. It, Well, no, congratulations to you guys. You're the ones that make it happen. (laughs) Um, So we're almost out of time. Um, but I do want to transition into our, our combo connection where I want to give you both the opportunity to um, give a shout out to a company, a nonprofit, a person in Delaware that's doing really amazing things. Um, Brian, I'll let you go first. Oh, I get to go <laughs> Sorry, first. Sorry, you nodded, <laughs> but I called you out anyway.
1: <laughs> I, um, I, uh, I want to give a shout out actually to a pair of people, uh, Logan Herring, Herring and Aaron Bass and the entire community who is, who is in, in the process of completely revitalizing the northeast section of the city of Wilmington, whether it's, it's housing or education or employment or recreation, uh, these folks in that community have taken it upon themselves to reinvent a piece of the city. Oh, yeah. And I think we're going to, I, I don't think, I know that we are going to look back in about a dozen years and go, Wow, Mm -hmm. what an impact they had. And so, you know, I encourage us all to get on board.
0: It's a good shout out.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm going to give a shout out to Rotary. Um, one because they are involved with the Easter sales. They sponsor a lot of events at Camp Fairley and they've had a long association. But two, I think there, there are several Rotary clubs in the state of Delaware and those clubs do a lot in the community. Mm-hmm. They raise money, they sponsor or, nonprofit organizations and they do a lot of good in the community. And so I think all, you know, Rotary would be the one that I would like to give the shout out today to.
0: That's great. And I'll give a shout out to Katie Wilkinson, who is our past board chair. She just rolled off our board of directors. But every year at our annual dinner, which happened back in um, January, we award a board member as a staff we vote on this person and say you know thank you for all that you've done for our us and our organization um and that went to katie wilkinson this year great choice
1: super person well deserved an
0: amazing person um a a great board chair she was very hands-on with the staff she actually came into our office earlier this week just to have coffee and she's not even our board chair anymore and so I, i give a shout out to katie
2: Yeah, I think, what, a month and a half into her president, her chairmanship or chairwomanship, uh, we had COVID. So, like, what a great start
0: to your two years. (laughs) I mean, I give her a lot of credit. That was a hard kind of come in. and She handled the whole term with grace. Historic. Historic. Um, Thank you again. Um, If anyone wanted to get in contact with you, Brian, how can they reach you?
1: Uh, ediscompany.com.
0: There you go. Marie? Mm -hmm. Uh, you can call 302-656-6632, which is the cover and roster number at our office. There you go. And if you want to get a hold of me at the chamber, it's Basil at dscc.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Kelly, a show by the Delaware State Chamber of Commerce. If listening has sparked ideas, responses, or questions for you, reach out to me at basil at dscc.com. That's K-B-A-S-I-L-E at DSCC.com or send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Visit DSCC.com slash podcast for bonus content from the show. And thanks to our sponsors, Easter Seals, Christiana Mall, and U.S. Wind, and to our production team and sponsor, Short Order Production House. Take a minute to follow and rate or review the show wherever you listen Your support and engagement keeps these conversations going. I'm your host, Kelly Basil. We'll see you soon.